I'm joined on the line now by my usual Monday guest. It's Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for asking, and uh, always glad to have you back. So, Kyla, I wanted to start uh, just by asking about, you know, maybe your own feelings on the issue just uh, personally about returning to work. I mean, do you have any reservations about seeing an increase in activity? I assume, you know, you as a lawyer have the potential to really see a lot of people in a very short period of time. And as someone like yourself who actually had COVID-19 at one point, I assume that's something you probably don't want to go through again. I mean, just do you have any concerns yourself about seeing a bit of a ramp up here? I do, and it's something that, you know, at our office we're trying to manage, you know, bringing more people back into the office to work, um, you know, physically in the office um, while still protecting everybody from any spread of any disease. And so I do have concerns, and, and we've had a lot of discussions at our office about, you know, strategies that we have to implement to try and protect people moving forward. So I guess what is the legal obligation then? I mean, you talked a little bit about what your office is doing, and I know every business owner or uh, employer out there will have to take steps to make sure that their customers and their employees are protected. But what, I guess, should people be aware of when they are trying to open their business back up? What are they legally going to be required to do? Well, as an employer, you have a legal obligation to provide a safe workplace for your employees. Um, and so, you know, in light of, of current events, that includes an obligation to make cleaning supplies and, and hygiene supplies readily available to your staff. Um, you know, have hand sanitizer um, and cleaning supplies available at high-touch locations, you know, photocopiers, fax machines, telephones. Make sure that you're wiping down or having somebody wipe down these things frequently during the day. Um, for our office, we have hand sanitizer when you come in the door at all of the um, high traffic locations. We've also provided masks, um, face masks to our employees to wear when they're in the office. So if you're not working in your office with the door closed, you should have a mask on while you're walking around the communal spaces in the office. And they're just a couple simple things that we can do to try and protect um, our staff from the spread of, of disease and that other employers should be doing. Now, I'm sure a lot of employers are going to be taking those steps and, and doing some similar actions to, to what you're doing at your office at Acumen Law. Um, but I guess what what uh, what about an employee is you know a little bit wary about coming back to work? They're they're seeing what's going on and they're seeing maybe people are getting a little bit too excited to get back out into the world and they have some reservations about you know how safe their workplace is actually, especially when we're talking about places that are going to be dealing with you know actual customers and you don't know where anyone has necessarily been and who they've been in contact with. Uh, what what are the rights of an employee? You know, if they get uh, obviously there is a right to refuse unsafe work, but um, you know what what else? What other protocols or steps should be uh, aware of in people's minds? if they are, you know, uncomfortable necessarily going back to work, should they have to? I think that if the employer is able to create a safe work environment, mitigate the risk, and it's it's a place of employment that's allowed to be opened back up again, um, but you don't have the right to just refuse work. Um, if you have concerns, the appropriate course of, of conduct to take is to address your concerns with your manager or with your employer and say, look, this is why I'm uncomfortable, and try and be as specific as possible. Identify what specifically is making you uncomfortable and ask for some type 
type of an accommodation, even provide suggestions about what types of accommodations would make you comfortable to return to work. So if it's, you know, that you aren't being provided with gloves or masks, ask for those things. If it's that you're going to have um, face-to-face interaction with members of the public, ask your employer to put up a a, a plexiglass shield between you and the other individual. Um, If you come to your employer with suggestions of things that they can do to accommodate your concerns and you lay them out, it's going to be a lot easier for you um, to get those accommodations. And it's also going to make your position reasonable if the employer says, I'm not going to do any of that and requires you to return to work. Yeah, so what what if the employer, I mean, hopefully most employers out there, and I'm sure well, majority of them would listen to their employees' concerns and try to take some steps to, to help ease their, their issues that they might have. But what if what if they do refuse to, uh, you know, help um, ob- oblige you in, in some of those things, right? They don't want to necessarily go out and buy a whole bunch of gloves and, and, and masks if they, uh, you know, just the extra cost, of course, that comes with it. Maybe they can't afford it, or maybe they're just, you know, wary about putting out that expense. And uh, what, what should an employee do that? in that case i mean i would assume they should turn to some maybe some legal advice and and, and maybe call work safe i guess in those sorts of circumstances what i guess what legal advice would you provide to people who just uh, have spoken to their employer and aren't getting the answers they want Absolutely. Step one would be to contact WorkSafeDC. WorkSafeDC is is well aware of the COVID-19 situation and and is, you know, responsible for the supervision of of the safety of the workplace. Um, Consulting with an employment lawyer is also a good good idea. Even just having an employment lawyer on your behalf write a letter to your employer to say, you know, these are our concerns and this is why you should take it seriously to remind an employer of their obligations can help. Um, And... I mean, if it if it's still nothing is going to change, then the employee could cease to come into work um, and could argue that they were constructively dismissed from their employment as a result of not being given reasonable accommodations to protect their safety. Well, hopefully there aren't too many of these situations that have to be dealt with out there, but uh, I think it's important for people to be aware of what their rights are. So I think this is a good conversation to have, and uh, yeah, hopefully some people out there are listening and they can um, you know, keep some of these steps in mind and just in case when they do go back to work after the long weekend. Hopefully there's a, a few of you out there that are getting set to do that, and now you have the tools that are in place or you're equipped with some ideas of, of how you can move forward in order to make sure you keep yourself safe, but also the people that you're serving, which is very important here as well. Um, Kyla, I did want to move on a little bit here and, and ask a couple of questions in response to legal aid services and, and free legal advice that people might be seeking here um, as we come out of this pandemic and we start to see the court uh, process resume a little bit. Do you think there is going to be a large demand for free legal advice and legal aid services coming out of this? There's going to be a huge demand for increased legal service provision on a pro bono or reduced cost basis as a result of this. Not only because we have now a ton of people, we have you know a record high employment rate. Um, we have a ton of people who don't have work, who don't have an income, um, people who have expenses that have been deferred, like mortgage payments that they're going to be struggling to afford. Um, and we also have lawyers who are uh, out of work or looking for work and um, might be more wary about providing pro bono or reduced cost services when they're struggling themselves to make ends meet. Um, So I think we are going to see an increase in the demand, which means that we need an increase in funding from government and a commitment to ensuring that people who are vulnerable as a result of the situation we're in have access to justice through a robust legal aid and free legal advice system. 
So would you, um, you know, have some concerns or maybe even be anticipating that there will be a, a lack of people available to provide, like unless you see that increase in funding and, and sort of an incentive for some lawyers out there to take part in some of this free legal services or reduced cost legal services, I mean, do, do you see there being a, a gap that's going to come out of this and, and, you know, not enough people are going to be able to access those types of services? Unfortunately, I do. Lots of lawyers who were providing uh, services through legal aid um, prior to this have not, you know, have not had a significant amount of work as a result of the pandemic. They're struggling to make ends meet. Um, many of them are very senior members of the bar who are thinking, well, you know, now's a good time to just start my retirement. And we are going to see a gap as we see people leave the profession, take up alternative work, or not have the capacity to give the types of pro bono services they were giving before because they need to focus on the work that's paying the bills, paying the rent, and paying the staff. Um, and so I do think that we are going to have, at least for a short term, a gap in pro bono and, and low-cost legal services. And then for everybody who is a lawyer who has the ability to fill that gap should be stepping up and should be doing more right now to, to address that. Well, I know we've seen it a lot in the, in the healthcare system, right? You're talking about how some lawyers are out there are maybe just thinking, well, I was getting close to my retirement, so maybe now that the, the, the amount of work I'm allowed to do has decreased so much, maybe I'll just start my retirement now. But when it comes to healthcare, we've seen the exact opposite of that, right? We've seen people in their 70s and 80s come out of retirement in order to help with uh, you know nursing and doctor services and, and making sure that their the healthcare system is, is, is fully equipped. And I, I wonder if that might be the case for some lawyers here as well. Do you think that that's possible, that we'll see some, some people who have been sitting on the shelf for a while say, well, you know, there, there's some help that's required here. Maybe I'll uh, get out of my chair and, and do some work. I would love to see that, and I would love to see law societies making it easier for lawyers to do that. In the same way that the College of Physicians and Surgeons and the Nursing College has made it easier for retired members to come back to help out, law societies should do that um, rather than paying uh, the full uh, fee that you would pay to practice law, which is several thousand dollars, which if you're retired might not be something you can afford, uh, a reduced fee to provide pro bono services during the period of time where we do have a gap in, in that need. Well, Kyla, really appreciate you coming on as always. And uh, yeah, lots of good information there. Hopefully some people are uh, listening and, and they got some advice that they might need. And hopefully we see, uh, you know, the, this potential gap that might come as a result of, of COVID-19 when it comes to ability to deliver free legal services and, and those who are seeking it. Hopefully we can see some of that gap shrink uh, as time moves on. Always appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to me, Kyla. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Awesome. That was Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee.